On today's episode of Oxl FM, Gelada and I discuss difficulty in video games, its place within the medium over the years, and the various ways game devs achieve it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we're going to have a bit of a discussion about the rise, fall and subsequent re-rise, if that's a, if that's a word, <laughs> uh, of difficulty in video games. Uh, we're going to discuss the right ways and wrong ways that developers utilise difficulty in their games. And also discuss briefly the difference between skill difficulty and arbitrary difficulty. Hmm. Yeah, and we're going to talk mostly about single player games because i think that's where difficulty is the most relevant and has the most impact like the decisions that game designers and developers make you know multiplayer it's more about the skill of you versus the skill of the other person but in Mm. single player it's about what has the game developer done to make the game easy or hard or how have they given you that challenge I think there's definitely an episode to be discussed on uh, multiplayer difficulty. Yeah, definitely. Like things like inclusivity, inclusivity and mm. matchmaking and things mm. like that. But in, yeah. we're talking about kind of like more traditional difficulty, like being able to mm. go into the options menu and select easy, medium or hard sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And we've actually talked a little bit about multiplayer difficulty before when we talked about good games for LAN parties. Yeah, that's And about true. how yeah. some games sort of like have a very narrow difficulty curve in that it doesn't matter if you're rubbish at the game or not you can still have fun kind of thing Mm. Um, so we've actually talked a little bit about that before but things around matchmaking and stuff like that is really interesting so listen out for another episode in the future oh just gave ourselves a great idea (laughs) hey you go next episode sorted we can't do it now because they're going to be like oh they obviously didn't have an idea for the next episode (laughs) (laughs) giving giving away our uh, our cowboy recording style oh dear (laughs) So, we're going to start with talking about the history of mm. difficulty in video games. And when it kind of became a thing, was not the beginning of video gaming, really. Because when you think of the early days of video game, you think of things like uh, like Pong and... Was it like... A, is it Missile Commander? Is that, is that what it is? Like, oh, yeah, that like thing? that asteroid thing. Yeah, things like that. Like, really, really simple games on things like the Atari, on the Odyssey, on, like, you know, really old-school kind of consoles yeah. or even in the case of consoles. something like pong where it was just discrete chips put together it wasn't even a, exactly. a platform exactly and there wasn't really a difficulty so to speak because a lot of these games the difficulty was in just trying to figure out how to blooming play them yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean you see some of these really old like atari 2600 games and it's like I, am I the red square? Am I the blue <laughs> looking square? What's this thing? Why is it making a bleeping noise at me? You know, so that yeah. was kind of like majority of what the difficulty came from. And there often wasn't like set objectives that the game could limit or make harder for you to achieve because it was mostly just about scoring points. So as you, you said in the notes, the difficulty was kind of irrelevant. And I've got to agree with that. Yeah, it was, as you say, it was really more just about like even being able to play the game, like even understanding the controls being you know being able to make something happen on the screen um, was that was the difficulty you know we're talking such early concepts in video games you see some of those really old controllers mm. which had to have like overlays over the top of them for each individual <laughs> game have you seen those no 
They came with like um like paper cardboardy like overlays oh you God. slid over the top of the controller yeah, yeah. and that told you what what the buttons did and that kind of thing. <laughs> Such early days. Absolutely. But yeah, but once you sort of move on from those from that really early stages of video games and you start to then move into the world of arcade games which was really where the the money and the development and the time was going and at that time arcade games had to be punishing you know that the difficulty was was there to make more money because by losing and by making it so hard that someone would lose they would then need to pay you know another coin or whatever it would be 25 cents or what yeah whatever the money would be at the time whatever it was you know and so that was where the difficulty came in it didn't really matter about how sophisticated it was it more mattered just you know be punishing so that you get more money and maybe you can have people that are good at those games but that needed to be unusual Uh, otherwise you just wouldn't earn as much money from your arcade games absolutely and they did this in kind of two different ways you'd either have Games kind of like your your Metal Slugs mm-hmm. or like your Streets of Rage and things like that, which was about your lives. And like you'd get hit once and then you'd lose a life and maybe you'd have like three or four lives or something mm-hmm. by default. And then when you do it died, you have like 10 seconds to put another, you know, some more money in and you'd be fine. Other alternatives were things like um, the fighting games, kind of like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something like that, where you kind of can keep going unless you lose. Yeah. So that 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 was almost like a good way of doing it, of doing difficulty, because it encouraged you to be better. Because the better you were, the less money you had to spend to enjoy playing the game. Yeah. But in a way that it was almost encouraged you to play, put more money in early, so that you could like you know get good at it in the first yeah. place. That also so. plays on people's psychology, doesn't it? Like it's like yeah. you know if you get good at this game, you won't have to pay as much, and so you want to try and get good at it, and as a result, end up <laughs> paying more. <laughs> but the problem with this and. It wasn't necessarily a problem in the arcade sense because, sure, at the end of the day, it was a business and these machines weren't cheap to, to manufacture, let no. alone develop f- for, and, you know, companies and buildings and, you know, things like that paid a lot of money to have them installed as well. It's like they weren't cheap. Mm. So they wanted to make sure they made money back. But this certainly bled into what became the home market for mm. a long time because developers just had it either ingrained in them that this was just the way video games were needed to be made or they just ported arcade games yeah. to home console like how many games have you played back in the day like you know on the nes or the J- sega uh, mega drive genesis whatever you know where there was an arbitrary lives and continue session like did it need to be there no because when you press continue you just carried on from where you left off but you <laughs> yeah. happen to have infinite continues now it's like this is just a you know from the days of arcades yeah, it's just that that big giveaway of like you know player two press start or whatever to join. Yeah, you know? and it's like, but there's no money that needs entering. You just press the start button and then you start. And it's funny actually because now that's become like a retro thing. This is a bit tangential, but it's kind of funny how that's still in games today, like new games. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just the style. That's where it comes from. It comes from arcade machines. <laughs> And that's also, um, this is even more tangential, but it's interesting. (laughs) Um, That's also birthed things like cheat codes as well. Yes. Because developers would put those into the game to help you through these like ridiculously difficult segments. Like the most famous one being like the Konami code. Mm. Like you could like enter that into Contra and go from having, say, three lives, which was an after thought of because if it was an arcade game to having 30 lives yeah. which was just like well you never have 30 lives in the arcade but you know you're not in an arcade so go nuts yeah yeah so that's almost that arbitrary difficulty created its own kind of sub 
genre of gaming in, in cheat codes and mm. secret you know secrets and stuff to unlock yeah but then this that like arbitrary punishments kind of fell out of favor right you know as, as mm-hmm. games games got more sophisticated they had larger teams working on them that you know graphics were more complicated people were they were ex- longer they were longer yeah definitely i mean arcade games are, you know it's just you're standing in front of it for a start and so as a result these games needed to sell more as well you know there's more yeah. money behind it there's more money being required to make them so there's more money needs to be made and so as a result you don't really want to be as punishing because the money is now no longer coming from punishing people and making them play over and over the money is coming from them buying the game and enjoying it and recommending it to their friends and yeah, you know buying your future games that you make so you need to not punish people as much and it feels like that caused this kind of massive swing the other way, right? Where you then got to no punishment at all and no challenge at all because it needed to just be broadly um, appealing, so to speak. In some instances, that's not terrible either because Mm. like maybe the early PlayStation 1 days, you didn't want your game to be like really difficult because you wanted to make sure that like say a younger kid who's just got his first games console or something didn't want to get put off from playing video games because he couldn't beat this one Mm. because you want to make sure that he's buying all the other games or or rather getting his mom or dad to buy him all the other (laughs) games sort of thing Mm. but equally so as well maybe a little later on than that maybe in like the next couple of console cycles yeah you also found that the the kind of triple a storytelling that you wrote in the notes here Mm. that became a much more accepted way of doing things for these big budget games which were more like railroaded experiences rather than kind of difficult gameplay sections. So it was not impossible to lose or die or kind of fail or whatever, but it was incredibly difficult to, and you had to be very ham-fisted. Like the game kind of did everything for you most Mm. of the time, regardless of what like difficulty setting, if there was one that you'd set it on. Yeah, and it's interesting actually because a lot of stuff about video game difficulty in general just ties into money, right? Like it just ties into that, yeah making money you know everything from the arcade games to these expensive big budget games that you know need to sell lots of copies so need to be broadly appealing to everyone and like you say you know they're kind of they're almost blurring the the boundary as well some of these games i can't think of a great example off the top of my head the one that always comes to mind is last of us but actually that's you know there's there's definitely plenty of gameplay in that but you know those kinds of games that really blur that boundary between being an experience and being a game and there's really in some of those there's really no challenge and actually the the excitement and the tension comes less from the challenge of the game and more just about high production value in the same way that a film is exciting and and, and tense you know it's not because the film is hard to watch it's because it's enjoyable because it's interesting and exciting and that's not a problem that has its place mm. but the difficult the, well, the difficulty uh, pardon the pun comes from <laughs> the fact that developers seem to feel the need to include difficulty settings in these sort of experiences mm. which we're going to talk about later on as well like if you want to use the last of his example you had the opportunity to play on like a really hard mode but like the hard mode doesn't really do anything other than just make it so that you take more damage and yeah. they enemies take more, uh, you know less damage or you know you get like less weaponry it doesn't necessarily the game make the game harder in that you need to be more skilled at it it just kind of makes it 
like you are just more vulnerable and you're more likely to have to kind of keep reloading this level mm. and that's not a good way of playing the game initially because well, that just breaks up the flow of the experience rather than being able to enjoy the whole experience itself you know but i guess that depends on the game you're playing as well but just games for quite a long time have felt like you're now being handheld a lot because mm. they're just really afraid that they're going to turn you off from playing this video game or playing their games in the future. Yeah, and I think that it's really only recently that we are now seeing a resurgence of sophisticated game difficulty and mechanics that make games challenging again. Uh, I think part of that is maybe because there's such a wider delivery mechanism for games now. You know, yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot more opportunities to be creative and explore different ideas and still get your game out there. You know, you don't need to necessarily get past... Thinking about indie games now in particular, you know, you don't need to get past some publisher that has some preconceived notions about what a game should be like. Yes, you can just basically release it however you want it to nowadays. Yeah, exactly. And so as a result, you can... You can you know, you can be more creative and you can try different things. And then that, that rubs off on other games. You know, once one game try, does something a bit differently, then that may rub off on other indie games and potentially even AAA games eventually when, you know, people, they understand that that's what people are looking for. <laughs> Absolutely. People now are coming to understand that there's a time and a place for difficulty within games, depending on the game experience itself. Mm. For example, like the ones that we're going to talk about later, I think the most obvious one that we, we've kind of discussed will be something like Dark Souls. Yeah. Because people don't go into Dark Souls for the experience of playing the game. They go into the experience of getting their ass kicked yeah. um, and having to get good, so to speak. Mm. And that isn't a bad way of like upping difficulty. That is the whole point of the game you know yeah whereas other other games like you know more story-based games or maybe just more casual games like the lego series of games for example you know there's not really a punishment for losing in those you just simply kind of you, you die and maybe you lose a little bit of something like you have some points or something and you respawn pretty much exactly where you were or not far from it and you kind of just continue the game because they just they want you to keep playing and having fun yeah, exactly. I think Dark Souls is a is such a great example, right, of, of, of this kind of, you know, difficult but fair, you know, difficulty being interweaved with the game, right? Because you can play Dark Souls in such a way that it's easier right like you can make decisions about the about the the type of character you pick at the start about what type of weapons you equip um and things like that that make the game easier and actually it kind of feels like dark souls relies on the understanding that you will look things up if you get stuck yes because there are so many things sort of hidden away to some extent in the game that if you Google around and you look around, you can find out, oh, you know, get this particular item from this guy or, you know, pick this particular class and it'll be easier and things like that, that you just wouldn't necessarily come across on your own, uh, you know, no. compared to like, which difficulty do you want in the menu, you know, which which you're always going to come across if you play the game. So I think that's kind of interesting. That's quite brave to sort of assume that people will, will look stuff up if they're stuck. 
Um, I think that's just kind of what they've built up around those games um, that lets them, I, I think gives them the freedom that, to do that. That almost harkens back to like a maybe much older school type of games where you talk about them like, oh, I yeah. found this secret thing here. And if you go up like, you know, this ladder and jump off here, you get like a, a special true. power up or something. That's true, actually. And also game guides as well, right? Like printed game yeah. guides would have that information in there. Like, you know, oh, you want that. You want this essential item to make the game easier, you know, and it's like yeah. it's in the game guide. Um, and now it's on the subreddit. <laughs> I mean, that, that's another discussion itself, like um, kind of the decline of, of printed media for video yeah. games, both from a journalistic point of view, but from also like a game guide kind of mm. point of view because yeah. of like the internet. Yeah, But th- that's definitely a, a thing. And I, I think games like Dark Souls and like these more new current like hard games that are done on purpose they they kind of rely on people talking they rely on people discussing things and they even include that in the game to some extent and we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit here on things we're going to say in that like in things like dark souls if you are struggling rather than the game just kind of like you know making it easier for you or not doing anything it gives you the opportunity to say you know add an ally to a fight Mm. you know either call someone from the internet or kind of give you an ai controlled ally and they'll help you in that fight sort of thing and it's optional and it's relatively unintrusive and it's kind of like made part of the game world so it feels doesn't feel like the game's just cheating on your behalf yeah and actually there's plenty of examples of games that do like one of the bad ways of handling game difficulty is making the game cheat right like this you know we've got a couple of we've thought of a couple of examples when we were discussing this episode the most obvious one is what people tend to colloquially colloquially call rubber banding where like a racing game for example mario cards is, is absolutely famous for doing this and has done it since the very first game where if you're ahead the ai that's behind you can just goes faster and comes towards you and that's a very creative way of solving the problem in that it means that the game is always close but it's done so obviously that you just notice it and it just feels unfair because you're basically having to play really really well just to win even though you should be winning like really really well yeah and also it doesn't matter how well you win you know you can win you can be doing reasonably well and be first and they'll all be right behind you or you can do absolutely amazing and they'll still be right behind you <laughs> yeah so it feels less of accomplishment <laughs> yeah and and that particular part of mario kart is particularly bad in terms of that sort of unfair arbitrary difficulty it also has obviously the famous blue shell that you know hits the player in first and is fired by the person that's at the back and that's kind of a little bit different in that that design is specifically really tailored for multiplayer and as we said like that's quite it's quite a different world because mario kart needs to be fun in multiplayer and if someone's at the back then that makes it more chaotic and it's more fun to have first you know it may feel unfair if you're first and you're doing really well and your friends aren't doing well but at the same time that's part of what mario kart is about it's meant to feel um it's meant to be unfair in that situation but as a result it's just it's single player falls short because of it it doesn't uh what's the word it doesn't reward skill mm, in that exactly. sense especially when it is the single player like mustn't mustn't really take too much multiplayer into account here mm. 
Like, it, it doesn't reward the skill and it doesn't feel good when you do win mm. because you know it's been cheating for you. Yeah. And other ways that it, the games do that as well, and Nintendo is another bad one for this, actually. Maybe this is because they want to try to be kind of like family friendly, I suppose, is the whole idea of like the super guide, mm. you know, the, the, oh, we'll make it easier for you sort of thing. Now, don't get me wrong, I see the idea behind it and I think it's a nice idea, but all doing that doesn't actually accomplish anything other than make you feel really stupid yeah. and like if you accept it it's just like well whatever i just want to get past this stupid level and that means you're not having fun yeah but if you don't accept it and you goes, well i don't want your help i'm gonna do it anyway but you've just kind of gotten frustrated because the aim's assuming that you're really bad at it and also it's kind of just like them admitting that the level design is bad right like it's like yeah. we know you will actually never be able to complete this level because it's actually just kind of bad because <laughs> I, I guess you could argue that maybe like oh there's just less skilled people playing this video game but if you've built your game properly like the majority of your player base who actually do want to play it and aren't that fussed about winning or sorry who are fussed about winning or losing sorry they're not going to need it if you've designed your levels properly to teach you mechanics yeah exactly and yeah there's going to be the outline cases where someone just can't do it because they're just not quite good enough at the game but if that's the case they're probably not that fussed if they're going to lose a few times because they're probably just going to turn it off anyway soon yeah yeah and i think it's a way that that can be done better right is having predictability in the game because i think that i don't really know what they're who they're trying to who they're like making the super guide for because if you have a game that is predictable in the way that it plays and it has clearly defined rules about the way that the game works and, and what happens in certain situations then you shouldn't need that because just a few repeated attempts should mean that you can achieve something you know no game is so hard to the point where like obviously it's not impossible and unless you're talking about a game where literal speed of reactions and inputs is yeah. you know is impossible for people that just don't have the level of coordination but we're talking about mario platformers here like super guide is is, is from you know new super mario brothers and stuff like they're they're not that twitchy you know it's no this is not, they're supposed to be fairly inclusive we're not talking about um ikaruga like right? kaizo or mario kind of things. <laughs> absolutely so that doesn't feel good and that mm. is a way of that's a way of reducing difficulty, but in a bad way. Mm. And it, maybe one kind of the ways we came up with kind of get around that is that allowing a number of skips, like being able to kind of go past a level if you're yeah. really struggling. And that way you can kind of like come back to it later when you've chilled out a bit, or maybe you've had a chance to practice those skills that you're kind of failing with, yeah. like on another level, which maybe you're not having as many problems with. You know, that way you feel like you've accomplished it when you've done it. I've just re I've just remembered one thing, one game that does do that, which is very similar, and that's Mario Maker. In the, like, challenge thing, you can skip mm. levels in the, ah. you know, in the, like, run of levels or whatever. And I guess they had to put that in because they're pre-made levels, so they never really know for sure how completable something is. But yeah, just instead of offering to complete the level for you, just maybe saying oh, you know, I just want to skip this level. And then it marks it that you didn't complete it, but you can carry on playing to experience the whole game. Because I think that's the motive behind Super Guide is like, you know, you don't want someone to not be able to play through the game. The rest of your content, sad. Yeah. I think Super Meat Boy does that, actually, thinking about it now. I think Super Meat Boy lets you skip levels and come back to them if you want to. And it lets you skip a certain number. Super Meat Boy is a great example of a game that gets, you know, gets difficulty right right like it Definitely. has very simple mechanics it has a very good curve of the levels getting more complicated and also one of the key things and this is 
less less of a problem now in modern games but is the fact that in super meat boy if you die there's really no respawn time or no. you know any no real punishment really no. you just have to you just have to try again it's like just just do it next time it just you die and you know why you've died and it puts you right back at the beginning and you keep going immediately because mm. the thing you hate in old games specifically and new games even do this now yeah, like i've been experiencing this recently with uh the new mass effect like it does it too. Reloading a past save when mm. you when you've died is just not acceptable in my opinion anymore. Because no. like unless that's kind of like why how the game's set up to work, it's just rubbish. Like there's no reason you can't just put me in the beginning of that encounter. Mm. You know, it, it just frustrates me so much. Yeah, and also um, unskippable cutscenes, right? Like the start Ugh, yeah. of a boss fight that has an unskippable. And you've got to sit and watch like a two minute cutscene again just to get to the boss because you've messed up or something. Old, or you got unlucky. Yeah, old Square Enix games are. are the best for that right like the old exactly. kingdom hearts games and actually um ukulele which i'm playing through at the moment at the time of recording i think maybe they've kind of done it on purpose but that has unskippable dialogue um you know if you lose and stuff i think they're kind of purposefully being frustrating on purpose as to sort of a nod back to old games <laughs> but nonetheless you still notice it and you're like for god's sake come on i guess i guess it kind of gets a pass but <laughs> barely, it, just you, barely. you shouldn't really want to the aim to have that in your game as a, as a rule of thumb should you <laughs> But there are plenty of games that do difficulty really well. Like we've touched on a few of them already. Things like Dark Souls. Mm. It does difficulty well because it's supposed to be hard. And everything's fair. Everything plays by the same rules. If you die, it's because you didn't see something coming. You didn't be you weren't able to react to it quick enough, you know. Sometimes you just kind of expected to die in Dark Souls to learn. Like yes. you know, you weren't sure what the the kind of the the pattern of attack was going to be from this exactly. particular boss and that's a good point there is always a pattern in those in yes. something like dark souls you know there's something you can learn and then when you learn that there's no more surprises there's no like hidden oh surprise like actually it just randomly kills you you know yes so it, it encourages you to learn and get mm. better at the game and yep. That's kind of part of the experience isn't it yeah exactly another example actually we talked a little bit about how you know, some games just have like easy, medium, hard, um, mm. but then sometimes you have more fine-tuned difficulty. And actually, it seems weird to draw a comparison, but thinking about Mario Kart and how Mario Kart achieves difficulty with rubber banding, and then you look at a game like Forza, um, which is another racing game, but a very different one, <laughs> where they yeah, just they just have difficulty options, which is a little, you know a little bit of a cop-out but actually it's fine-tuned difficulty and it's you can more tailor the difficulty to what you want yeah and it's more integrated into what the game is about like you know you can tune whether to have certain driver aids on like do you want abs do you want traction control you know that's that's integrated into the game rather mm. than just do you want to play easy medium or hard do you yeah. want the drivers yeah. to cheat or not kind of thing and, like, you, and know, you they... can also be much more selective about making it diff more difficult overall like you can have most of the aids on you can have like the driving line on that kind of stuff mm. and then over time you get more confident think actually i'm going to turn my you know my, my abs off and and see how i manage with that you know and if you're finding you're still super struggling then you can put it back on and you can kind of get better you know so you have a bit more control over how difficult you want something to be as you're learning yeah exactly another game that i really really like that managed to get difficult get past difficult points effectively rather than just saying you're doing badly would you like us to basically skip the level for you is games that give you kind of like a sidekick character more and more games have been doing this recently the one that comes to mind that i think did it first 
maybe can, you can quote me or you don't quote me on this one is like bioshock infinite mm. with elizabeth she couldn't be hurt you know no matter what she did in the fight she wasn't able to be hurt so you didn't have to worry about her. you could just leave her to her own devices but you also had the backup of her and the fact that you know if you ran out of ammo she'd you know throw you a new, another gun or she'd be able to like place a you know a health pack potion sorry a health pack kind of like a rift for you to be able to run to yeah things like that and that's the game going we know that you're not doing brilliantly well here let me help without it being obvious that we're doing it because you're sulking yeah and i think that maybe they dialed it up a little bit too much like it's a little bit too obvious but at the same time i think that it works really well and it's actually integrated quite well uh, and it's kind of like it's a little bit like rubber banding but in reverse right like yeah. it's like when you're doing bad the game just sort of automatically helps you but not it doesn't just give you health it kind of like makes it part of the game and it's great when games do that because then you feel like you don't pull out the experience mm. you're not thinking oh this is just the game making it hard or easier for me and it, it, it's nice that you can kind of immerse yourself mm. but games that try to make that but fail make it so much more obvious that that's what they're trying to do like even more it's very jarring and the one that really ripped me out of the experience for that was uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Mm. So the game was like, yes, you can choose how you want to play. And, you know, there's no real difficulty settings. So you just have to kind of like work out the best route for you. That's like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, I like that because it makes it feel like I'm making good, cho- you know, impactful choices about what what they called, uh, not modifications, you know, augmentations. That's the word. Like I'm choosing to kind of like have on my character. But then it kind of really punishes you for making certain choices. But like the very first boss you fight is pure combat. And yeah. if you haven't put a lot of points <laughs> into combat, you you are going to really struggle to the point where you're like, I think I like took all stealth mechanics and like all like upgrades for stealth. And he just killed me like 30 times in a row until I just happened to make, you know, work out the absolute most best efficient way of doing it. Yeah. And it did not use any of my stealth stuff whatsoever. So that's the game, like, trying to, I don't know, it's trying to integrate, like, your choices into the game and, like, you choose how to approach situations rather than just, like, you know, adding numbers to a problem. But then it punishes you for making certain choices. (laughs) Yeah, and there are also plenty of games that just use numbers to make them more difficult you know things like older rpgs and mmos like something like world of warcraft for example where you know things just get more difficult because they're the numbers are higher and everything takes longer and it's not about you know nothing nothing else really changes that also reminds me a lot about the more recent gameplay mechanic which has improved a lot but if you think about early games that do dynamic scaling i think oblivion was probably the, the first good example of this where as you got better the enemies got better and there was no it just felt very jarring because it didn't integrate properly into the game world and i think that they still it still did a great job right and it and it kept the game feeling fun but at the same time it feels a bit arbitrary and it doesn't really feel in keeping with the game because you jarring is the word for it yeah jarring exactly like you, like you said, you you get better at the game, and you go back to the first area, and but you know it, you're still struggling. It's like one of those. I, sh- I should be much better here. I should be able to kind of wade through this. Yeah. And there's there's pros and cons to that sort of difficulty mm. because the upside is that you can do what you want in any order, which is important in like a big sandbox open world game. Mm. But it's also bad in the sense that you never feel like you're accomplishing anything. Mm. 
you know, because you always feel like, oh, well, I, I, I thought I'd done really well and I was looking yeah. forward to just kind of like, you know, being able to relax in here, but I'm actually still getting my ass kicked, you know. That's really what game difficulty is all about, right? Like that's the point of having a game that is in some way difficult is that you want to feel like you've accomplished something when you yeah. overcome it. And that doesn't matter whether you're playing a game that's, you know, you've turned it down to easy in some way or in, or in some way, you know, in a good way, you've, you're playing it in a way that makes it easier. You just need to feel like you're accomplishing it something Definitely. and that you're, you know, you, you're achieving a thing. A game that did that for me really nicely, actually, although it was maybe not the best way of doing it, was the more recent XCOM games. Oh, yeah. Well, they have a very reverse difficulty curve. Like, they start out insanely hard, mm. but then they quickly get easier rather than the other way around. Oh, that's interesting. But although it's maybe a little bit too aggressive at the beginning of the game in terms of difficulty, once you do get past that initial difficulty and you, you know, you get more kind of comfortable with the mechanics of the game and you level your guys up a little bit and that kind of thing you feel really rewarded by the fact that you're accomplishing your goals much easier and you kind of like not having to worry as much and that's a good sense of accomplishment like mm. you were just saying yeah yeah exactly but yeah there's, so there's you know games have come a long way they, they're they're improving a lot we're in a we're in a good i think we're in a relatively good state with video games and difficulty at the moment there's um, a lot of choice and mm. the big budget games are basically just saying we're, we're here to entertain you. Mm. The indie games are like, well, you can have a really difficult experience if you want. Come come at it. You know, uh, I, I think I think it's hit a nice a nice sweet spot right mm. now. Mm. Um, definitely. You know, compared to what it used to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe you don't agree and you think that actually, you know, there has just, as in the words of Jeremy in the Pure Onage movie, you know, we're just, we're just, it's just noob the noobification of games. Yeah. We're just in this <laughs> massive world of games that are, have got noobier and noobier because too many noobs are playing them. Or maybe you think that, you know, we're being really snobbish and actually, you know, who cares? Like games are meant to be fun and it doesn't matter whether they're difficult or not. That's not really the point of games anymore. But you can get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. You can email us at show at octal.fm or you can message us on Twitter we're at octal.fm on Twitter and you can also head on to our uh, Facebook page I guess you just search for octal.fm on Facebook where we often post about the things that we're going to be discussing or things yeah. that we've discussed before uh, and don't forget you can go back to listen to our previous episodes by going onto our website, which is octal.fm. And I think, as we said earlier, the episode about land games is probably quite a good one to listen to. Yeah, I think so. That's probably a good one for this one. Yeah. For the sounds of it, we're probably going to do maybe another episode regarding like uh, more multiplayer games. Mm. There seems to be more of a discussion there. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. Look out for that if we do make it. Yeah, and that touches on uh, esports and stuff as well. So mm -hmm. you could you know, go back and listen to our esports episodes, which are, are pretty cool, fun to listen to. Yeah, pretty proud of those ones. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, I've been Gelada, and I've been Seferin. Mm, catch us again for another. Octal FM discussion soon. Where next time we turn the difficulty up to maximum. Oh yeah. <laughs> and fail miserably. <laughs>
it doesn't just give you health, it kind of like makes it part of the game. Sorry, I didn't think you really were finished there. No, yeah. So you just, you, you just finished quite like abruptly. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready to jump in there. <laughs> Sorry.